Hello, football fans. Thank you so much for joining us. Cameron Songer here with you for another episode of Ken's Five Friday Night Football Replay, a podcast all about high school football in the San Antonio area. Joining me today, Ken's Five sports reporter, sports anchor, Evan Klosky. Evan, thanks for coming by. What up? Here filling for Flores. Always happy to do it. Yeah, David Flores. We're recording this on a Sunday. David Flores at the Spurs preseason game. Uh, be sure to check Ken's5.com, of course, for everything he has to say about the Spurs, high school football, everything else going on in San Antonio. But uh, glad we can have Evan on today. Uh, and Evan, we had a big game mm-hmm. in Week 7. One of the biggest games, I would say, of the San Antonio uh, high school football calendar, and the uh, the tickets sold sort of reflect that. Brandeis O'Connor was a sold-out game. Uh, you were at it. What did you see? Yeah, so uh, first off, and maybe you could tell me if we have time, we got to discuss whether this game needs to be moved in the future. But uh, a lot of people commenting on social media about that. But nonetheless, uh, always an amazing spectacle there, uh, especially when you see eight to 10,000 fans for a high school game Friday night. That is exactly what the stereotype of Texas high school football is. And just to see it right in front of you, uh, it's amazing. Now, as for the game itself, I think going into it, we thought that Brandeis was probably the better team, and that's exactly what they proved. I will say this, um, the score not necessarily indicative of how close that game was, uh, a couple of special teams touchdowns really in the end were kind of the difference for Brandeis. But nonetheless, uh, there were two things that I noticed. A, the special teams touchdowns, which really separated the two teams when you look at it in the grand scope. But also, uh, there was one player who stood out amongst the rest, and that's Jordan Battles. At the end of that game, when Brandeis needed somebody to step up because O'Connor was pushing, they were fighting until the end. Jordan Battles rips off a long touchdown run. Uh, he did that twice in the game, I believe, and uh, he is quite the talent for this area. And, and I don't think he's uh, going to be recruited as a quarterback at the next level, but he is going to be uh, a Power 5 recruit. And you know, I know Texas is all over him. They love to have him. So, uh, man, we are lucky to see a guy like that. And he's only a junior. He set all kinds of records as a sophomore last year. The, the final score in that one, 37-15 for Brandeis. So they moved to 6 uh, and 0 overall, 5 and 0 in that 28-6A district. And it's the second loss of the year for O'Connor, but just their first in district. So. And I, I want to say that snaps O'Connor's 23 game winning streak in district. So that's crazy. That that's, goes back to before this current round mm-hmm. of alignment. Uh, they'll do another realignment in February. They did one in February of mm-hmm. 2018. So tells you how long it's been since O'Connor's lost a game uh, back to, I believe, 2017 or even 2016. Yeah, yeah. You know, last year, man, that O'Connor-Brandeis game was amazing. Came down to that last second field goal. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting with O'Connor because the O-line's been shuffling, you know, last year to this year. They lost a big piece in Brandon Brown. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with O'Connor. Still a very good team. But Brandeis, I think, is just, you know, they got the dudes. They have a lot of dudes. Another team that has a lot of dudes is our number one team in, in the San Antonio area in our Ken's Five area rankings. Can't go too deep into the podcast without talking about the Judson Rockets, mm-hmm. and they handled business against a solid New Braunfels team uh, on Friday night on uh, October 11th, a 54-20 to win uh, on the road against the Unicorn. So Judson is uh, another perfect team here in San Antonio. Yeah, you know, when you're discussing all the teams that we cover in this area, Judson is far and away number one. Uh, Rodney Williams doing a great job there in his first year at the helm. Technically interim. I assume that is going to be taken off at the end of the year. Evidently, that's just a procedural thing. They always do that. But nonetheless, um, look, they got talent across the board, especially on offense. I'm very interested. I'm way ahead of myself here. I'm very interested in what that defense is going to do against top talent like 
you know, the Lake Travis's of the world, but nonetheless, uh, or Westlake, which was another great game in Austin this weekend. But besides that, uh, the offense is one of the best in the entire state. Mike Chandler is a tremendous quarterback. Surprising for me that he hasn't gotten many snips from D1 programs. A little bit small, I get it, but he is athletic, and the receivers on that team are amazing. And uh, their, their sophomore running back, who got his first offer from USC, pretty darn good too. So, uh, you know, offensively, 56 points, that's what, that's what they bring to the table. When we talk about them well down the road, because I don't see them not going undefeated, well down the road, the big question mark is defense. Well, they'll have at least one more challenging regular season game against Clemens later on this year in 26-6A. Clemens, the Buffaloes, they're the number three team in our 6A rankings. Uh, they had a game against New Braunfels Canyon, maybe a little bit of a trap, uh, but they did win that one 41-13. So the, uh, the top three teams in our Ken's 5 area rankings all picking up wins. And then the number four team, Steele, how about this? They hadn't won a district game yet coming into this game. They were taking on San Marcos, who was also 0-2 in that 26-6A. You start to feel for the Knights a little bit, and you knew that they were going to win some games. But their first two district games against Judson and then against Clemens, who were right now the only two unbeaten teams in that district. And, and Steele uh, getting in the win column in a big way, 56-3 over San Marcos. Yeah, so that district is just stacked. And it's going to be very unfortunate for one of those teams to get a bad draw and have to head over to Lake Travis or, or Westlake a little bit earlier than they assume. Uh, I can speak so highly about Clemens and Steele. I mean, we all go back a, a few weeks ago to that Clemens-Steele game, came down to a, a goal line stand for Clemens. The defense for them, phenomenal. They got two D1 stud prospects, power five guys on that side of the ball. Cannot wait for them to square up with Judson because Judson's finally going to have some talent. Uh, to face in that secondary, you know, people that can hang with those dudes. Um, but Steel, Steel is still a very good team. And I'll tell you this, even when Steel gets a tough draw from another team, that other team is going to be like crud. We got to go up against Steel. This team is really good. I mean, even against Judson, you know, I, that was a competitive game. They are a good team. They just happen to not get on the right side of the result in two of those contests. So I expect the rest of the way, I would be shocked if Steel loses another game. How about this in, in District 26-6A? The, there's eight teams in that district, four playoff mm -hmm. spots. Coming into this week, uh, after these teams have had a, a bye week, the 6A teams had that halftime break midway mm -hmm. through the season, five teams ranked in our top ten for the area. One of those teams is going to miss the playoffs. And uh, we had a potential game that could be a playoff sort of deciding game on Friday night when East Central traveled to Smithson Valley. It was kind of a must win for the Rangers, and they did, 45-13. Uh, knocking off East Central, handing them their first district loss. Yeah, again, it just, it's just so insane, the talent over there. You wish you can spread it out across uh, a lot of different districts and conferences and whatnot. But uh, nonetheless, Smithson Valley, again, uh, another very good team. They are, I think, a rung below where I have Steele, Judson, Clemens, and the way that I talk about them. But again, they are a very, very good program there. Uh, I would not be happy playing them early in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's another team to watch. And again, it's just we're stacked in one clustered area. And that's just part of the process with, with how this works. 
Yeah, from that 266A, come back a little closer to downtown San Antonio and look at 276A, which is mostly made up of schools in the Northeast ISD. Uh, seems a little bit more wide open this year. The uh, the top ranked team in our uh, Ken's Five area rankings going into the week was Roosevelt at number seven. Uh, they have a district loss. They were taking on a South Stand team that doesn't have a district loss yet, but the Rough Riders uh, mm -hmm. with a big win, 46 nothing over South San. Uh, to, to get to two and ones, so both those teams now two and one in district. Yeah, South Sand's going to start running into uh, a bunch of teams here where I think a couple of those district losses are going to start adding up. Um, it's weird that South Sand is a part of that. I think in the realignments, they really need to, they need to figure something out with that. It's kind of a a weird mix, uh, but none, nonetheless, um, actually in that game, watching Roosevelt. Uh, they did not really need to lean on Rashad Owens as much. Uh, I'm sure uh, David Flores has oozed about that guy. Uh, arguably uh, one of the best in the San Antonio area. This guy is a dude, a late bloomer to the recruiting process. I know UTSA is all over him. Uh, a lot of other D1s coming into the picture now. He's a stud track athlete. That's sort of how he got on the map. And uh, when you take a look at this guy, he bulldozes through people. He is so much bigger than everybody else. So he is someone I'm very interested to see where he lands the next level because he is super talented. And uh, I believe Roosevelt hasn't made the playoffs since 2011. And i got to give credit to Flores because when I asked him at the beginning of the season who he thought his surprise team was to make it to the playoffs, when we'd be like, what? He said Roosevelt. And, and it really does look like that. Um, their ceiling, I don't know what it is. It, it's pretty much Rashad Owens and company. Sometimes they have a good uh, receiver there, also big in size. Um, the quarterback, I don't know how much he can really chuck the ball downfield, limited there. So they really are a run-first team. And when they stack up against some, some bigger squads, I fear that Rashad Owens is finally going to you know, get limited. And limited is not going to work for them. But nonetheless, Roosevelt is a tremendous story in our area. They are a great team. I'm very excited to see them uh, Hopefully make it to the playoffs. I root for the teams that haven't been there in a while. Yeah, South Sand and Roosevelt now both 2-1 and one in district. Now Johnson, the Jaguars, uh, they got there by beating MacArthur on Friday night, 42-27. And Johnson uh, could be moving up a little bit. They were number 9 in our Ken's 5 area rankings headed into the week. Yeah, you know, MacArthur, uh, not a great record and not a great week for them uh, after everything that went on with, with their head coach. And uh, he's on administrative leave, so we're going to wait for more facts to come out about that. But uh, a very troublesome week. Uh, very proud of that team and how they they responded because they were up uh, six nothing in that game for most of the first half. Uh, Johnson gets on the board near the end of the second quarter. Then MacArthur fumbles and then Johnson's able to score to make it 14-6 in the halftime and then back and forth we go. Uh, so nonetheless, uh, Johnson, uh, a very good team. And I, I think MacArthur is one of those competitive teams in the district, but uh, just you know, they get clipped at the end. They're not quite there uh, just a little bit, and you, your heart goes out to those kids who, mm -hmm. are, who are playing hard through, uh, through a, a real distraction. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll tell you what, everybody in that district right now looking up at Madison, uh, they played a Saturday night game against Reagan, and they're, they're the only unbeaten team left in that district. They're 3-0. and They won a, a low-scoring affair against the Rattlers, 13-7. Uh, to Yeah, uh, Madison, that 13-7 that game, it, it was a dogfight. Uh, actually, Travis Daly did not play in that game, the starting quarterback for Reagan and uh, the UT baseball commit. I uh, still don't fully know the story with Staley. I know he's dealing with some sort of injury. Uh, they've been remaining pretty mum on that front. Uh, nothing that I'm confident to talk about, at least on the record. But nonetheless, uh, he is the difference maker for Reagan. And 
When he's on the field, Reagan's a different team, and that's just the facts. So in a game like this, uh, you know, Madison's doing some great job in, in district. They lost a lot coming into this year. So the fact that they're rattling off wins says a lot about that program, and, and Michael Garza there stepping in a quarterback. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I expect Reagan, hopefully by playoff time, Staley's going to be playing. But that's the question mark entering games. Is, is Staley playing? Is he not? And that completely changes my viewpoint of how I view that team. Uh, no different than I would a college or, or pro team. Yeah, uh, and the, you got to get there, though. I mean, it, you can't just assume that they're going to be in the playoffs right now. If the season ended today, they wouldn't be in the yeah. playoffs. There's still a, a, bu- right. a bunch of games left for Reagan to get there, but now sitting at 2-4 uh, and four overall, 1-2 and two in district. They had a really tough non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. I will give them that without Staley. and Well, uh, and he played in the one non-district game against, I think it was Clemens. And the crazy comeback game. And they won that game, yeah. yeah. So it shows you what they can do when he's playing and when things are clicking mm-hmm. for them. Uh, but you know, you you want to you want to the, the kid's health comes first, first and foremost, especially if you're talking mm-hmm. about a guy who has uh, a promising career outside of the gridiron, and yeah. you know he's thinking a bigger picture beyond, you know, trying to get to November or December playoff games for his high school football senior year. He's he's thinking yeah. bigger picture mm-hmm. in his life too. So. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on for Reagan. One other game in 27-6A was a Saturday night game, and Churchill got their first district win, defeating Lee 43-22. to it, You know, Churchill is uh, sort of that swing team, I think, when it comes down to Roosevelt. I believe Churchill and Roosevelt play at the end of the season. It's the last game. I just see that as being a spot for the playoffs. Churchill in a little bit of a rebuilding year, let's say. Got to see them a couple times this year. Just, you know, the... The offense stalling at times. Very interested to see if they can continue to pick up steam going toward the Roosevelt because, to me, that is the matchup which is going to decide a lot. Turning our attention to 28-6A, the, the Northside ISD. We mentioned the, the titanic clash between O'Connor and Brandeis, mm-hmm. two of the top five teams in our area. That district does have one other team in our uh, Kens5.com top ten rankings. It's uh, Brennan. They had Marshall on Thursday night, and no problem for them. 33-6 win. Yeah, I, you know, the, the thing about Brennan is I believe they've lost their quarterback for the season. And just what I said about Staley is going to remain true about Brennan. Uh, it stinks because Brennan was a very good team. And, uh, you know, Brennan, last week, they suffered their first loss to Brandeis ever. And they, they got smoked. And that's, it hurts losing your quarterback, and they're trying to find their identity midseason without that. So if you're looking for a storyline to watch moving forward, it's Brennan, how that offense is working without um, Jordan Flores. Exactly. Yeah, he had the hard cast on his leg, and I think you know he was out there, obviously not suited up for the game against Brandeis, but you, I think David Flores talked about this a little bit last week where it just you could just kind of tell the, the mojo wasn't really there for that team. Yeah, it's a bit... It's a difference maker, you know? It's no secret that quarterbacks make a big difference between success and failure in in football. Especially at the high school level, for sure. 100%. Uh, Another team that came into this week's games 3-1 after the bye, maybe another surprise team. We talked about Roosevelt, but the Stevens Falcons, they won again. They're 4-1 in that district Mm -hmm. now, uh, picking up wins at at a pretty startling clip, uh, 31-6 as they handled Clark no problem on Saturday. Yeah, Marcus Davenport, you doing some things. Uh, K.K. Brashears. Very good quarterback, only a ninth grader. So if you're looking for uh, a program to watch in the next couple of years, uh, I would watch Stevens. They're a team that I think is succeeding a lot earlier than I believe the coaching staff would believe entering the year. 
Uh, really have liked what Brashears has done, especially with his legs. He's kind of a dual threat guy, and he's only going to get better. So uh, if you're looking for a name projecting into the future, KK Brashears. Two other games in that 28-6A we'll get to pretty quickly here on Friday night. Taft uh, beat Holmes 24-0. And then last but not least, this game could be, what, like, what, like, like you said, a, a swing game in the district. A Warren and Jay, who neither of those teams were projected to be sort of at the same level as Brandeis or O'Connor, but they were both, I think, in the playoff picture. And uh, Warren won that game 14-10. Uh, this was a Saturday night game. So both of those teams now are 2-3 and three in that district with some tough games remaining for both teams. We'll talk to a little bit more about that uh, when we preview this upcoming week. But uh, it's a, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Jay, I think, had some momentum, maybe lost some of it in the bye week. Yeah, uh, that was a big game for both programs. That was a game that each of them wanted, needed, and Warren came out on top. Uh, Jay's got a lot of good athletes. Warren, steady as well, pretty good. Uh, on paper, I think entering this week, um, right next, if you were to tell, tell me entering the week that Staley was going to play, I would have said this about Reagan Madison too. But um, looking at that Warren J matchup, I was just like, that is as 50 50 as it gets. If I was going to put like a, a spread on it, I would have made it even. So that game is exactly what it turned out to be. Warren jumps out on top 14 0, then Jay answers 10, uh, they, they get 10 unanswered and Warren just kind of milks it down in the second half so uh, you know you got to tip your cap off to Warren because that is a big win and I imagine uh, at the end of the year we're going to look back at that game and say that was the deciding factor maybe for Warren and and for Jay. Yeah, we, we like to talk about those games a lot on this podcast, and you never know when they're going to pop up. Sometimes you can sort of look and tell, but mm -hmm. sometimes uh, you, you'll get to the end of the season and say, wow, that was the one game that decided the season, and you had no idea when it was coming. Yep. Uh, so that was a look at 6A. Let's take a look now at sub-6A. That includes 5A, 4A, 3A, and uh, private school teams here in mm -hmm. San Antonio. Uh, and any conversation about the 5A teams in San Antonio kind of has to start with the Wagner Thunderbirds. Mm -hmm. They are just running all over District 13 5A, and they continue to do that again uh, against a Highland squad on Friday night at Alamo Stadium, 65 nothing. And you know what? Uh, I'm glad it was just 65 nothing. I'm telling you right now, that, that game could have been 100 zip if uh, Charles Bruce and company wanted to, to roll it up. You know, this is what it's going to be like. I want to know how this is addressed with the realignment uh, and Wagner playing in that district. It's tough because Wagner is just head and shoulders, not even close. You can't sniff me better than all the teams in this district. That is no shade to the other teams. Zero at all. It's just Wagner is a Goliath there. Yeah, and they were competitive as a 6A team. Yeah. And then their enrollment drops just a little bit below that cutoff line when there was the, the realignment. So... Yeah, as a 5A team, look out. It's just, they're so good. And not to mention, the, the, the triple option is so tough to learn in one week's notice. Now, I, I think teams are starting to build it up and understand it more. And, you know, Wagner's going to be there and playing a triple option for a while. So I think the book starts coming out and kids will, will know of it uh, a lot earlier. But nonetheless, um, you're going to see a lot more of those scores coming up. It's just the way it is. The number two team in our sub-6A rankings coming into the week, both number two and number three, uh, are from 14-5A D2, some of these hill country programs. Uh, start with Kerrville-Tyvee. They were number two. The Antlers had Uvalde and pitched a shutout, 49-0. And then uh, Champion, in a, in a game against a, a solid Lockhart team, 
uh, that was also unbeaten in that district, but Bernie Champion all over that one, 41-17. Uh, so 1, 2, and 3 should remain the same in mm -hmm. the Ken's5.com sub-6A rankings with wins by Wagner, Kerrville, Tyvee, and Bernie Champion. Yeah, I, I love Tyvee. Uh, I love Champion. Both have, have really good athletes, both great programs, and you're kind of seeing the cream rise to the crop over there. Number four team in our sub-6A rankings is Harlan. I believe they were idle this past week. They were. So they had the, uh, the week off. Their spot should be pretty secure at number four. Mm -hmm. Number five, we have to go back to 13-5 AD1 Veterans Memorial against Jefferson. Uh, and it's a similar story where it's a Judson ISD school against uh, the, the San Antonio ISD. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit of a mismatch. Veterans Memorial 49-7. Uh, uh, they win that game, and, and really all the attention turns to Wagner versus Veterans Memorial, which is the last game of the regular season for Wagner. It's the, mm -hmm. the first Friday of November, the second to last week of the regular season. The Thunderbirds actually have a bye at the last technical week of the season. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so that, that is their, it's, it's their championship game for the district. Both of those teams, you assume, will be unbeaten yeah. in district play, and that will be a... Uh, uh, for the bragging rights, really, because both teams will have locked up playoff berths well in advance. Yeah, and you know, with Vets Memorial coming into the picture now, they are going to be better as as time progresses. You know, uh, you start wondering if maybe Sean McAuliffe, uh, the former Judson head coach, uh, saw the tea leaves. You know, the fact is that district that is so strong and, and well populated in football town, it's a juggernaut. You know, instead of dividing by two, now you're dividing by three. So you're going to have... Uh, uh, you're going to have more quantity spread out, great teams, but uh, imagine the teams you might be able to assemble if, if you didn't have that. So, um, but you know what? We love it because it, we get games like Wagner versus Vets Memorial now, and that, that's great for the community, and, and it's great for us as football fans. Let's keep it in 13-5 AD1. Two other games to talk about in that district. We'll uh, talk about the Thursday night game between Brackenridge and Sam Houston. And uh, this is a Sam Houston team that's been in a lot of games. Their record doesn't really mm -hmm. reflect how competitive they've been. And this is another example of that. They just are on the losing end of a pretty tight game, 20-12 to against the Eagles. Yeah, I, you know, I don't get Sam Houston. They're, they got a lot of talent on that team, and, and you're, you're so right. It's just for some teams, um, you know, Frank Wilson says it all the time, and it's a go-to, unfortunately, for him. But nonetheless, learning how to win is a skill. Some teams have it. Some teams don't. In an, any given season, um, you know, North Carolina in college, that was a big thing that Mac Brown talked about, whereas his kids wanted to win at the end, and they stressed fourth quarters because UNC was just known for losing close games at the end. And, and that's what we got with Sam Houston. So a, a good program. Um, I don't get it, but you know I, I hope those kids see the grand, greater picture. And that they're a pretty good squad, and, and some you know something's going to come to fruition for them in the future. And nice win for Brackenridge as well. The other game in that district, Lanier against Edison. Uh, both teams coming in with one win on the year, but Lanier now gets to two and two in district. They they won that game. Uh, 39 nothing. So the Vokes could be in that playoff mix mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, obviously, it's a district that's going to be dominated by Wagner yeah. and Veterans Memorial, but there's two other playoff spots that are up for grabs there. Yeah, I, and I do expect that, that Lanier is going to be there, uh, and that's what they got to do. I mean, that, that's a game you got to win. Lanier takes care of business. Quickly, 12-5 uh, AD1 just has the one team from the San Antonio area. It's Seguin, and they beat Austin Travis 50-7, uh, to and Seguin is now uh, unbeaten in that district. So they'll, they'll be in the mix for another playoff berth after mm -hmm. making their first appearance in a while. 
a year ago. Uh, over to 14-5A D1, a, a handful of teams in the San Antonio area. This is another one that's sort of mixed. Eagle Pass win was at Harlandale, and the Indians got their first district win, 31-19. Uh, Southwest Legacy checked in in our Ken's Five rankings at number eight in the sub-6A rankings. They had McCollum on Thursday night, and uh, it was a, maybe a little closer than some might have expected, 27-17. And last but not least for that district, Southwest was at Laredo Martin, and they won 35-16. So a good week for the San Antonio teams in 14-5 AD1. Yeah, good for Southwest because uh, that's, a, that's a decent team that uh, just hasn't gotten it going. They were a really good team last year, rebuilding a little bit. So you might start seeing them win some more games now that they're starting to collect themselves. Cannot say enough about Southwest Legacy. Um, Again, a program in its second year of existence right now, playing in the varsity side of things. Last year, 0-10, zero wins. You know, this wasn't a Harlan scenario where they won right away. Uh, they took some rookie lumps. And, and Tarvin over there, Coach Tarvin, is doing an unbelievable job with this team. Uh, I was at that, that Southwest Legacy game against McCollum. Uh, credit McCollum. Uh, they're also kind of a team that um, they, they're competitive. They haven't figured it out yet. They're, you know... They're under a new coaching staff from last year. They're starting to figure some things out. I mean, there's a, a huge improvement there. Um, you're seeing them figure it out long term. Obviously not ready to win those type of games, but I think Southwest Legacy, in my opinion, they just they came out sluggish. And, you know, I, I know they're going to talk in that locker room that you come out sluggish, you're going to lose any given Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't care what level you play. You cannot just walk out there and lollygag. Yeah, Thursday night games, I've seen it with a couple of games uh, throughout the course of the season where it's just there's a little bit of a different vibe. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. just because you know, maybe the student body doesn't come out the same way because you know, oh, you, have, you still have class tomorrow yep. or whatever. Uh, but it is a different vibe to play on a Thursday night versus a Friday. And, and maybe there are some more of those games where teams come out sluggish, but it's, it's definitely not an excuse, and coaches wouldn't accept that as an excuse. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely. There are no major injuries for Legacy. It was just, you know, I'm sure they would tell you right now, that just they got to be better. Let's turn over to 14-5A-D2. These are all teams from the San Antonio area, some teams uh, out in the hill country a little bit. Memorial was at Alamo Heights, this game matching up teams that are both 1-1 uh, one and one in the district, and Alamo Heights, the Mules, uh, all over that one, 49-7. And Medina Valley picking up their first district win of the year as they knock off Kennedy by a score of 63-7. We already talked about the uh, mm -hmm. Bernie Champion Lockhart and kerrville Tyvee uvalde game. So sort of chalk there in that district this week, but you know anything can happen any given week. Yeah, I was actually uh, at Alamo Heights this week for our Player of the Week packages, which air every Wednesday if you want to check them out. Uh, this week we're going to steal, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, but yeah, I was talking with Mike Norman, and he, he told me that uh, again, a little bit of a rebuilding group. They had a great quarterback last year in Reed Anderson. Uh, they've been trying to figure out their identity this year. They lost a couple of really close games. Uh, they felt like they were starting to click and figure some things out, and, and this is proof um, that, that they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, so Alamo Heights gets to 2-4 and four overall, 2-1 and one in district, and it goes to show you that even if you go winless in non-district, uh, you can still make noise come playoff time because the, those are the games that count. The district games are the ones that count. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's great. And it's similar thinking in college football, too. You know, those games, utilize them to your strength. If you lose them, whatever. Uh, it's not ideal. But it doesn't hurt you and your chances to go to the playoffs, maybe as a tiebreaker, I guess. But nonetheless, um, usually if you challenge yourself in some of those games, you're going to be rewarded down the road. Yeah, you learn how to, to play uh, competitive games. You, you know, you could, as a 5A school, schedule just... 4A, 3A, or TAPS opponents, and, and get to 3-0, and 
but maybe not learn too much about your team, maybe not uh, you know, face that adversity and get that growth. So uh, Alamo Heights ready to reap those rewards here as the, as the second half of the season rolls on. Over to 15-5A D2, home of the number six team in our Kentons5.com uh, area rankings for sub 6A. The Southside Cardinals on a little bit of a skid now because they're facing some good teams. And this week they were at Corpus Christi Cal Allen, lost that game 24-7. No shame in that. Uh, you know, uh, it's a good battle. I mean, Cal Allen is good. We all know if you follow Texas high school football, especially in this area, uh, come playoff time, facing Cal Allen, you're like, here we go. Um, but yeah, Southside, uh, very good team. That's a good litmus test for moving forward because uh, that's a team you might see in the future. Two other games from that district. Floresville was at Alice. Alice won that game in a, a close one, 28-21. Uh, encouraging sign for Floresville, uh, but they're still looking for their first district win. And Somerset lost at Gregory Portland, 31-21. So we talked about how it was a good week for the San Antonio area schools in, 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 a, in another district that was uh, a, a mix of in and out of the area. Not so much the case here for 15-5A D2. As we uh, turn now to the 4A and below, uh, 13-4A D2, they finally got district play started. Wimberley was at Eastside Memorial. Uh, Wimberley won that one 51-0. This was a contest here. Uh, the number seven team in our uh, sub-6A rankings, Navarro, they're still perfect on the year, uh, facing a good team in Lano. 55-14, uh, mm-hmm. a good win for Navarro there. Navarro's good. Uh, we know the noise they made last year in the playoffs. Uh, we're sniffing. Uh, that, that semifinals, I, I believe, I think they lost in the quarterfinals last year. I never know with how they say by district and district and all that stuff. But nonetheless, uh, Navarro is a team to follow uh, the length of the year. I guarantee you that Navarro is one of those teams, uh, last man standing, and sort of the ones that we follow deep into the playoffs as we get into uh, November. Or about, sorry, into, yeah, into December. December. Yeah, December. My bad. Definitely. Uh, how about this, though, a team that we haven't talked a lot about. Bandera is 6-0 and on the year. They won a close game against Quera, which is always a good program, uh, having a down year this year. But 16-15, a good win for Bandera to stay perfect. Yeah, I mean, Bandera, we got eyes on you. We know. We know. Keep it up. Keep, Keep it, it up. up. Believe me, we, we know. Um, and Quero, uh, it's so obvious in a town like that, you lose a guy like Jordan Whittington, uh, who you know is injured right now for Texas, would have been playing if it wasn't for a, a sports hernia. But that's just sort of the thing. Quero, the defending state champions, you lose a town like that and you can have a dip. But still, uh, beating them, and I don't care what the record says, because Quero's a good team, that is a heck of a win in that locker room. I, I know for a fact that they're, they're juiced about that. 14-4 AD2 also finally getting district play started. Uh, Carrizo Springs won at Poteet, 32-27. Crystal City beat Pearsall, 20-7. And Divine beat Hondo, 42-26. A lot of those teams took their lumps in the uh, non-district. Mm-hmm. They had some, uh, you know, some teams asking for them to come play them. And uh, so the record's maybe not showing as strongly for these teams, but they're going to get to the playoffs, yep. and, uh, and they'll have a chance to make some noise there. Uh, 15-4 AD1, Pleasanton against Gonzalez, and a pretty good uh, contest between teams that have winning records. Gonzalez won that game, handing Pleasanton their first loss, 20-13. Beeville Jones, they stayed perfect with a win at Lavernia. That's an, always a, a tough place to play, mm-hmm. 49-28. And now down in 3A, uh, three games that we watched from the San Antonio area. Jordanton beating Marion, 35-14. Randolph beating Lytle, 56-7. And Cotula over Cole, 26-14.
Now, the top TAPS team in the San Antonio area, we talk about the Antonian Apaches. They have two D1 uh, mm -hmm. commits. They were off this week, so we can talk about a couple other games uh, from the TAPS area. Central Catholics, their first district game was a, a successful one. They traveled to Houston, beat St. Pius 56-27. Holy Cross was at Corpus Christi John Paul, and uh, Holy Cross, they're, they're the favorites in their district, winning that one 9 oh, to nothing. Juggernaut of a game. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. 9, <laughs> nine heaven is, is, is a hard sell for the oh, fans. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Austin Hyde Park was at San Antonio Christian. This was a Thursday night game, uh, a wild one, 26-25. And uh, I'll give a shout-out to San Antonio Christian. I was actually at this game. Yeah, I saw that on and, Twitter. Uh, it went back and forth, and San Antonio Christian, they, they almost blew it. They had a lead. Uh, they actually fell behind in the final minute, and, or the final minutes, drove down the field, converted a fourth and ten with a touchdown in the last, I, I forget, it was in the last two minutes, and it was really just a dagger because uh, uh, Hyde Park is, was winless on the year. They, they had the momentum going. They were coming from behind and, and got, got the lead. I think it was three unanswered touchdowns for Hyde Park, and then uh, wow. San Antonio Christian just... Pulled, they pulled one out. Can never let off the gas pedal. Yeah, just, just a great play when they needed it the most. Uh, that'll give them a ton of confidence going into uh, their district gauntlet, which begins, I believe, this week for all those teams. Uh, that gives us a chance to now look ahead to Week 8, the games being played on uh, Thursday through Saturday, October 17th, 18th, and 19th. Let's start in 26-6A. Uh, Clemens has San Marcos. That's a road game for the Buffaloes. Probably one they'll expect to win, but you never know. Yeah. We'll go, Clemens. Uh, New Braunfels Canyon is at East Central, a bounce-back game for East Central, perhaps. As uh, We talked about that's such a deep district with five uh, top teams with only four playoff spots out of eight. Uh, but New Braunfels Canyon and San Marcos are both 0-6 on the year coming in. Uh, East Central is, like we said, maybe a swing game. Uh, this one, though, uh, a real swing game. New Braunfels against Steele. Both of those teams come in with identical records, 4-2 and two overall, 1-2 and two in district. That game will be played at Lenhoff Stadium on Friday night. Whoever loses that game is 1-3 and three in district and could be on the outside looking in come playoff time. We think Steele has the better players, but that's one game that could uh, end up deciding um, the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, over there at Steele, eh, I'm sure. I'll tell you this, I'm sure they love us coming for Player of the Week this week <laughs> this game, all right? Uh, <laughs> it's signs got a lot more things to worry about because this is a biggie. Uh, you put yourself sort of in a position with your back up against the wall a little bit, and this game would be huge to sort of make yourself feel pretty good about, A, you know, a couple games didn't go our way, we're, we're probably going to make the playoffs, so we take a catastrophic failure. So um, that is huge implications on the line there. And, uh, and right, we got Smithson Valley Judson. That's going to be the headliner. Got to be. Got to be. I mean, anytime you have Judson involved, uh, they'll, they'll probably be the headliner. If you, <laughs> you, ass, you assume Smithson Valley uh, not going to win that game, it's a road game for them. It's at Rutledge Stadium. If you forecast Crystal Ball a little bit, perhaps, Smithson Valley, if they, uh, they don't pull off the upset there, they'd be 2-2. Two and two. The winner of New Braunfels versus Steel would be 2-2. Two and two. It starts to be like, hey, you know, you look after after this week, after week eight, there's only three more games left, and yeah. the, the opportunity to keep getting those wins is tough. Uh, you look at what Steele has done. Uh, they had their win this past week against San Marcos, and their losses are to uh, Judson and Clemens, the top two teams in that district. Uh, New Braunfels, after they play Steele, two of their last three are against Clemens and Smithson Valley. So there is just, there's really very little break in that district. Yeah, so I mean... Steel's still got the the tough stuff out of the way early. New Braunfels has it coming, so I mean this is still for New Braunfels that swing game because 
you know, let's face it, you're going to run into Judson, you're probably going to lose. I mean, Smithson Valley is going to put up a fight against Judson. I don't expect them to roll over like dogs. It just, you know, let's just say that it, it would be silly to not assume that Judson would be the clear favorite entering a game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we got, man, that's, as you mentioned, that, that new Braunfels steel game is going to be good. Over in 27-6A, the current top four in that district, Madison, Johnson, Roosevelt, and South Sand, uh, with Reagan and Churchill kind of breathing down their necks. The games in Week 8, uh, we'll see MacArthur taking on Churchill. That's Friday night at Hero Stadium. The Thursday night game is between South Sand and Johnson. That's at uh, Comalander. On uh, Friday night at Comalander, Lee has Madison. And on Saturday at Comalander, Roosevelt and Reagan Lockhorns. Well, yeah. You know, I I'll say this. I these games are going to be pretty close. You would think on paper, Churchill, MacArthur, easy work. But as we've already mentioned in the podcast, that MacArthur is a stingy team. So don't be surprised if that's within a score, 10 points or so. Uh, I still have Churchill winning, but, you know, MacArthur is going to put up a fight. Um, Eileen Johnson beating South Sand. Uh, I need to see a marquee win from South Sam before I jump on the train a little bit. This is a chance, though. This is a big show-me game. Uh, Madison over Lee. Again, uh, Madison probably wins that game. Uh, Lee, even though 1-5, 0-3, they are not the Lee of old where they kind of get trounced. They're they're a good group. For for Lee, they're they're a good group. They're going to be competitive with you and and make you work. Um, And then Roosevelt-Reagan. Again, let's say if Staley plays, uh, they can play with anybody. Eileen I, I Reagan wins that game. If Staley does not, I, I'm giving the edge to Roosevelt. And this is going to be a big game. Roosevelt is going to be up for this game, and that's the thing with Reagan. Are you going to be able to match the intensity that Roosevelt's going to bring because they're ready to shove it to you because they, they know they got the team this year? This could be the year for Roosevelt to break that playoff drought for sure. 28-6A, uh, after Brandeis, Stevens, O'Connor, and Brennan are 4-1 and one in district. Warren, Jay, and Taft are next at 2-3. and three. So there's a little bit of a gap now between the, the four would-be playoff teams if the season was over already, which it isn't. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of football play. There's this upcoming week plus three more afterwards. So that can change a lot. That's where it is right now. And the games in Week 8 uh, see Brandeis taking on Holmes. That's Thursday at Gus. Marshall versus O'Connor. That's Thursday at Ferris. Uh, we shouldn't expect upsets in those, but you never know. The last three games, though, pretty much all interesting with uh, basically everybody other than Brandeis and O'Connor. Jay against Stevens, and uh, this is why it's important for Stevens. Their last three games, they face Brennan, Taft, and O'Connor. So they mm-hmm. already have their Brandeis game out of the way, but uh, Stevens has the chance. If they can beat Jay, they are in a really pretty good spot, basically as good of a spot they could have hoped for <laughs> uh, going into the last three weeks of the season. Taft takes on Warren. To me, that's an elimination game. Both of those teams already have three district losses. I just don't see a way a team with four district losses gets to the playoffs in that district. There's ten teams, only four spots. You're right. And, yeah. th- and then the last game in that district, Clark against Brennan. Uh, Brennan needs this one because their last three has them facing Stevens, O'Connor, and then Holmes. So two very tough games in the next two weeks after Brennan has Clark. Got to take care of business to, to maintain their spot in that top three or four. Yeah, Brennan's got to win this week. And even with no Jordan Flores, I think that they're going to do just fine in that contest. Brandeis O'Connor should get wins. And, you, met, you know, Steven, we're talking about show-me games. Stevens, show-me against Jay because... Uh, you want to talk about matchups where I think they're pretty even on paper again this week? Jay and Stevens, I expect that game to be very close. So I want to see who comes out on top. I think Jay as a whole has a couple more dudes than Stevens, but uh, Stevens has made it work thus far. So they got momentum, which helps. 
Now in the sub-6A, we'll run through the games happening this week. We'll start in 12-5A with our lonely San Antonio area team. That's the Seguin Matadors. Uh, they host Austin McCallum. Uh, and the, the, the toughest games for Seguin in that district are still coming up. They still have to play Dripping Springs and LBJ Austin, mm -hmm. who are two of the other top teams there. But Seguin 3-0 in district play so far. Uh, this one at the Thursday night at Alamo Stadium, Wagner against Jefferson. Here's a stat for you. Wagner's outscoring their district opponents in five games, 280 to 6. Yeah. I, I did the math. That's uh, an average of 56 to 1. <laughs> it's, They're good. It's, yeah. They're really good. Yeah, let's... Uh, uh, we've talked about the uh, district and where Wagner stands in that, and that stat pretty much explains it for us. Yeah, and there's still a handful more games to go. Burbank is against Veterans Memorial. That's a, a game at Rutledge on Thursday. Both of those teams are competitive in district. Burbank's having a very good year. They're 5-1 and one they overall. they a good quarterback at Burbank. Yeah, 3-1 yeah, and one in district and, and make, looking to make a, a real statement. They could really do that with a win on uh, Thursday night against Vets. Uh, Brackenridge has Lanier at SAISD Complex on Friday. That's another really could be a swing game for whoever wins that game. one. Whoever wins that one, I think, is, that uh, is, is in line to make the playoffs, I would say. Uh, Highlands against Sam Houston is Friday night at Alamo Stadium. And uh, th that that's our look at 13-5 uh, way. Again, assuming uh, Wagner and Veterans Memorial are the top two teams, and uh, Burbank looking like the third best team, probably, uh, then Brackenridge against Lanier could be that, uh, that sort of play-in game mm -hmm. to decide who gets the fourth and final playoff spot from that district. Over in 14-5A, uh, Harlandale is at Southwest Legacy. Harlan ho uh, goes to Eagle Pass win on Friday night, and McCollum visits Southwest on Friday night. 14-5A, D2, Lockhart at Alamo Heights. Both of those teams 2-1 in district. That's a Friday night game. Another Friday night game sees Bernie Champion coming to Edgewood Veterans Stadium uh, to take on Kennedy. Kerrville Tidy takes on Memorial at Edgewood Veterans Memorial Stadium on Thursday night. A lot of Thursday games this week. Uh, a lot, really a lot. And yeah, I, I think we have six. I looked at it last night. I think we got six Thursday games. And, and I, when you look at it, and one of the things that helps decide it, is, and it feels like it shouldn't make that big of a difference, but it's the, uh, the fact that Hero Stadium doesn't get used on some Saturday nights when the uh, San Antonio FC plays a home game, I believe, and I believe that's the case yeah. this week. So you can't, since they use the Hero Stadium parking lot mm -hmm. uh, for parking for the pro soccer team, and it's just one of those weird little things that has has an effect on on something like a high school football. <laughs> and and I think I think if you ask most coaches in the area, they would just rather play all Fridays. It it's, uh, it, it adds sure. so much to the consistency and yeah. your routine, and you you end up with short weeks versus long weeks, and what have you. Uh, but yeah, th th something like that means one fewer Saturday game, which sort of means one more Thursday game. Mm -hmm. uh, where were we? We were at 14-5 AD 2, Kerrville Tyvee against Memorial. That's the Thursday night game. And then Medina Valley against Uvalde. Uh, both of those teams tied for fifth right now with one and two records in 14-5 AD 2. Big game for both Medina Valley and Uvalde. 15-5 AD 2, uh, again, a mix of San Antonio teams in this district that has a couple of those Corpus Christi schools. Port Lavaca Calhoun makes the trip to Floresville on Friday night. Gregory Portland comes into San Antonio to face Southside. And Somerset travels to Alice, all of those games on Friday night. Alice, by the way, the home of one Joe Reinagle. And they're doing the mustache thing there. Have you heard about that? <laughs> no. So they're not shaving mustaches, all the coaching staff, okay. until they lose a game. Well, they're getting pretty. Uh, they're getting pretty grown right now because they're, <laughs> they're six and zero overall, three and zero in district. Uh, Joe's been bragging about Alice. That's why I bring it up. Hey, if they keep winning, we'll hear more and more about it mm -hmm. on uh, on Ken's five. 
Four, uh, 13 4A D2, Navarro at Eastside Memorial. That's a Thursday night game. Bandera at Wimberley on Friday. That's that's a sneaky good game. That's a good game. Just one loss between the two teams. They're both 1-0 to start district. And Cuero is at Lano on Friday. 14-4A, uh, D2, Poteet at Hondo. They're both 1-5 overall. Carrizo Springs at Pearsall and Divine at Crystal City. All those games, of course, Friday. As you get to these smaller schools, they don't need to, they don't need to worry about Thursday or, or yeah. Saturday. 15-4A, uh, D1, Gonzalez at uh, Beeville Jones. Bernie at Pleasanton. Bernie uh, was one of, the, uh, one of the top teams in our ranking, checking in at number 10 uh, this past week. They were idle this week, so that's why the first time you're hearing about the Greyhounds uh, yeah, really good game. Bernie against Pleasanton. It'll be the district opener for Bernie after mm -hmm. the, the bye this past week. Cole is at Lytle. Jordanton at Cotula. Carn City at Marion. That's 15-3 AD1. And then two games involving TAPS teams as Central Catholic has the bye this week. Houston St. Thomas takes on Antonio. And then this big rivalry, San Antonio mm -hmm. Christian against Holy Cross. The TAPS D2 District 4 opener for both of those teams. Yeah, very, uh, I'm excited to see uh, SAC and Holy Cross. I think that will be a good game. Uh, and Bernie, you know, Bernie back in action. Pleasanton, talk about show me games. Show me game. That's the whole rundown. That's also all the time we have this week. We'll be back next week with a recap of week eight in San Antonio high school football. Getting to the real nitty-gritty. The weather's starting to get a little bit colder. Mm -hmm. The action's starting to heat up. And we have all of it for you on Ken's 5 and kens5.com. So glad you joined us here. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Rate and review five stars. And uh, we'll see you again next time. For Evan Klosky, I'm Cameron Songer. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.